one of the key things about getting into flow state when we talk about how to do it is that you enjoy it and that you're accomplishing something that means something to you. And it doesn't have to mean a lot. It doesn't have to be a big It's so pleasurable. How could it not mean something to you? Hello, all my beautiful, mindful, creative friends out there. Thank you for joining me on the Sage Arts Podcast. This is Sage, and I am in the studio today with Brett. Hi. And Ember. Ember, you want to say hi? Say hi. Oh, good girl. Thank you. So now you, you've been introduced to the room full of creatures. <laughs> I can't invite you in, my listeners. There's not a whole lot of room. I guess you could sit on the floor with Ember. Ember, you want company? Okay, lay down. See how much room you take up? Oh, she's yeah, she's got all kinds of room. So if you want to come in and like, you know, hang out on the dog bed with Ember, then she's <laughs> she'd be all for it. But yeah, I have been wanting to talk about today's subject for a while. It's uh, the subject of flow, and we're going to spend some time defining it, talking about what it means, talking about why you want to bother with it, and how to get into it, et cetera, et cetera. I started today out by asking Brett what he thinks of flow. Yeah, when she brought up flow, I was thinking of the waitress in the sitcom Alice oh, from the 70s. <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah, I know flow. And then there's this whole other thing that flow means. <laughs> So I have a lot to say about flow, but not the waitress. And apparently Brett's going to be comic relief today because I'm not sure if he has a lot to say about flow when it comes to making art. But we're gonna, you know, we're gonna work on that. Well, we will see, won't we? We'll see. I know exactly. That sounds like a challenge. Oh, I don't know. but it's but you need a challenge when yeah, you're trying to get I into suppose. flow state. So. That's what that's what yeah. you were talking about. And yeah. yes, uh, but yeah, so. I was actually introduced to the concept of flow through uh, a freelance client of mine. Um, he brought up this book, Flow. There's a guy named Mihai Chicksent Mihai. And I can only say that because I wrote it out phonetically with Chick Sent Mihai. <laughs> Such an unusual name. Yeah, yeah it, well, he's Czechoslovakian psychologist. Yeah. But he wrote the book on flow, literally. It's called Flow. He and his staff researched it through interviews and observation for years. You said like uh, 30 years ago. Book was written in 1990. 1990. So over 30 years ago. So this is not a new concept, but it's a really important concept that I don't think a lot of people talk about why you want to aim for this. I mean, we all know, like when we get into the zone, it feels really good, but it ends up sounding like it, it was a special occasion. Like this is an unusual event that I got into flow today when I was in the studio. And honestly, ideally, you should be getting into flow on a regular basis, it is extremely helpful for you as a creative. It's extremely helpful, even if you're not a creative, actually getting into flow, whatever it is, makes you more efficient, keeps you more focused. You get more work done, usually better work done because of the extreme focus of the nature of this particular mental state. So in any case, that's the kind of subject matter we're going to get into. So hold on for just a second while I do a little business. We're going to thank some people and I'll try to keep this super short because we have a lot to get to today. First, thank you to everyone who sent messages or left comments or emailed about Kimba. I so appreciate the kind words and the thoughts. We're, yeah. we're doing okay. Ember is starting to settle more, but I do need to get her to like the dog park so she can see other dogs, but it needs to cool down here first or... I miraculously need to get up early enough. <laughs> I was sent several little stories this past week or two. Lori Fagan noted after the Making Space episode, after she listened to that one last week, that she actually does make space about an hour every Sunday morning just to 
think about what she's doing, where she's going, and why she's doing what she's doing to ground herself for the week. I just thought that was an excellent practice. And maybe we can all pick some time, maybe once a week, to ask the what and the why around what we do and why we do it. So we don't get caught up in just doing what we've always done out of inertia. Mm -hmm. That's Just don't be afraid to shift gears when needed. So thanks, Lori, for that reminder. Most of the other stories were about dogs and the relationship with us, which is, you know, so touching. It is crazy just how much we love our furries. I think it's because it's a pretty uncomplicated relationship. We take care of them. They take care of us. Nobody owes anyone anything, you know, et cetera. Might be able to learn a thing or two to better our relationships with others, huh? Right. So thank you for those stories. Please keep sending them and your comments and anything else you want to let me know about. You can write me on the contact page at thesagearts.com or on Facebook or Instagram at the Sage Arts Podcast. And if you appreciate what I do here and want to give back, go a little ways down the homepage of the sagearts.com website to find those buy me a coffee and PayPal buttons. All these links and more are in the show notes or description section of whatever you are listening to this from. Okay, let's get into the subject about flow. So for me, it's a very important state of mind. It's kind of a goal for my creative sessions in whatever I do. I think most of us as creatives have experienced this state of being, but there are times when it's very hard to achieve it. Sometimes we say things like, I just wasn't into my work today or I couldn't get into a rhythm. We all have good days and bad days on this, but... I don't think it's necessary for us to write off those bad days when we're having a hard time getting into that kind of ideal creative state of mind. I think it helps to understand what the state of mind actually is and what happens when we get into it, what the conditions are that bring it on. And this can help you get into your work or find your rhythm when it's not so easy to slip into it. So kind of the things you want to have in your mind today is just like, think about the times that you do get into flow, what you're doing, you know, how often do you get into flow or do you get into the zone or whatever you want to call it? And are there times when you find it difficult and why? And we're going to actually hopefully answer some of those questions for you as we go. So we're going to start with what is flow? And it's not a waitress, Brett. <laughs> well, okay, it might, be a wa- it might be a waitress too, but... Um, <laughs> that was my last recollection. Yeah. Of <laughs> but I asked him this morning, like, what is flow? And your definition was, oh, that's just like when I... When I get focused and into my work. Right, which is, which is and true. it kind of comes through me to a degree. When I step out of my own way, it sort of has its own motivation. Yeah, you identified it as the kind of unique way in which you work, you're in a unique process, that you're in your particular state of creating, which I thought was interesting that you were thinking about it in terms of your individual approach to making art, which I guess can be true to a certain extent because getting into the zone is actually different for everybody. Getting into flow is different for everybody. But the more specific thing that I want to talk about today, just so we're clear about what it is, and like I said, the term was established by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He developed the the term because everybody that he talked to would talk about things in terms of it flowing or moving effortlessly or time flowing effortlessly. And it's just simply the mental state of being in which you are fully immersed in doing something, experiencing unwavering focus and a fulfilling satisfaction in the process. In flow, we experience like a great inner clarity, a loss of 
time, an effortless motivation, and a what I think of as purposeful contentment. It's often referred to as serenity, but I think sometimes you get into the zone in a very like high energy mode. So I don't think of it as serenity, but you feel very content in what you're doing. You feel like you're where you're supposed to be, right? So yeah, in the TED Talk, he referred to it as ecstasy. Yeah, he did use ecstasy. We, we watched a couple of videos with Mihai, Chexi Mihai, talking about his you know theories. But yeah, he used ecstasy as the word. Of course, we think of ecstasy a lot of the times as being like, you know, <laughs> like, like this, oh, so much crazy, pleasure. <laughs> crazy, it passionate is very, thing. It is very pleasurable. It um, is very pleasurable. State of mind. I didn't know it was a whole study. Yeah. You know, it's something that I've always done. I didn't know there was a whole study about it since uh, 1990 kind of thing. And before, because he wrote the book after he did all the studies. So, and yeah. it goes way back to, what was he saying, Marcus Aurelius? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was mentions of these kinds of experiences in ancient Greece and... Egyptians, like, right? Egyptians, like, uh, Incas, German like philosophers. Every... Yeah, this whole idea of flow is not new. It's just how it's been talked about, the terminology that's been used. So... Really quickly, I'll go through the circumstances under which Csikszentmihalyi said that you would fall into flow or get into flow. And it's primarily when you're challenged, but not so much so as to be frustrated and that you have tasks that engage inherent skills that you have or learned skills that you have. So he has an actual list. There's like 10 points that he found tended to be present in most all states of flow. So they include things like the activity is intrinsically rewarding to the person doing it. Two, there are also clear goals that, while challenging, are still attainable. So goals that you know you're going to be able to reach or that are easily reached through the process and that you realize you can do them, so you keep doing them. Three, there is a complete focus on the activity itself. And then four, you experience feelings of personal control over the situation and the outcome. So you feel like you're not out of control. You're not wondering if you're going to be able to do it, but that you feel like you're going to be able to do it. Five, you have feelings of serenity. Like I said, they use serenity in this, but I say contentment just because of the high energy potential. And that there's also with that serenity kind of a loss of self-consciousness. You're not thinking about yourself. So you're not being judgy, which is really cool and really important. You also get immediate feedback as in you're working on the work and you can see the accomplishment in the process of what you're doing. So you get that feedback of this is good work. This is something I am completing and accomplishing, you know, to a level that is satisfying for me. Yeah. Uh, on that on that TED Talk, we saw a quote from an Olympic figure skater. And when she was doing her routine where it was everything was coming together and she was yeah. in the moment 100 percent. That's what they call the ecstasy of it. Yeah, you can see where the word ecstasy yeah, comes Yeah, because, that. you know, it's all just happening. Because you're, with all the training and the skills that she had, it, it all came together yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see. So seven, you know that the task is doable and there's a balance between your skill levels and the challenge that has been presented. So those two meet and you're able to accomplish what you're trying to do. And that's new to me. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. And eight, you experience a lack of awareness of your physical needs. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're like, I, I can't stand eat eating. <laughs> I can't stand it. Right. Eating me too. gets so in the way. Drinking water, all that stuff. Oh, going to the drinking bathroom. Water I'm good for <laughs> Going to the bathroom is the Definitely worst. Definitely peeing. Like, I'll, I forget I'll just it. hold it because I'm just like, I'm not getting up right I'm now. I'm doing things. Yeah. I know. But in, when you're in a flow state, in that really enjoyable state, that you're like, I just love being where I'm at. Everything else is completely secondary because there is no room in your brain. And in the stuff that I was reading, it sounded like 
no room in your body. Your your body has its own kind of brain. I don't know how to explain that. And someday maybe we'll get into that. But your brain is not the only thing that like thinks and has imperatives that it puts forth. But you are so focused on what you're doing when you're in a flow state that none of that stuff matters. And your physiology literally puts it all aside. Oh, I have a story about Tex Avery with with that, yeah. where he was a famous animator, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he would work for such long spells, and he would just not want to go down and pee, because the, the bathroom was, like, out the building. They they worked in bungalows in the 1940s, so oh. he had to run out the building and then across the way, and that whole ordeal, you bump into people, it takes you out of the state, <laughs> you know? Yeah, completely. So, he actually damaged his bladder because oh, yeah. it, it came, like he yeah, would knock people that. out of the way and, uh, you know, papers would go flying and <laughs> bounce like into the walls. Itself. It really was. It, it was, <laughs> but yeah. So don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's not ideal, but it shows the kind of focus yeah, that the, uh, people the, can the get into. Yeah, hyper-focus, we don't do that. I've read some stuff about this, that when you're in a flow state, it actually shuts down a lot of your physiology because you're so focused. Everything is servicing the activity that you're in. I Figure mean, skating right now. I'm not going to go <laughs> floss my teeth. <laughs> see, see, I think getting into flow state would be a great diet approach. Do stuff that gets into flow state because then you don't think about food and you don't eat and you don't snack. And like, I could really use that because like I used to coach people, if you're going to set up a studio or whatnot, do not set it up anywhere near your kitchen. Well, guess where my studio is? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far. Oh, I guess it, it is, is right, right outside of the kitchen. It, yeah. If I have to go anywhere outside yeah. the studio, I have to go through the kitchen. So, so we have lots of healthy foods in the house. Let me just we put try. it that way. Yes, which is a good try. thing. Yeah. We have a lot of No chocolate. Cheetos. I'm not a big fan of Cheetos anyway. <laughs> Cheetos. Yeah, no Cheetos. We have two more things in this list of 10 things that are present in most states of flow. So number nine, there is a strong concentration and focused attention, which is basically what we've been saying. It's really so different than any other time. You're like, I'm focused on what I'm doing. But you are, you're not just focused on you're doing nothing else matters. You're like tunnel vision, you know, Uh, because of that, number 10. You experience timelessness or a distorted sense of time that involves feeling so focused on the present that you lose track of the time passing. Like you don't know how much time has passed. I mean, how many times have I gotten up from the studio and been like, how the hell is it? Yeah, it's like four o'clock. <laughs> Nine already. o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. You know, so those are the things that tend to be common. It's intrinsically rewarding. You have clear goals. You have a complete focus on the activity itself. You feel like you have personal control. You have feelings of contentment. You get immediate feedback from the work that you've done. You know the task is doable and you feel that the skill level and the challenge is is a good level for you. You experience a lack of awareness of your physical needs and strong concentration on focused attention and you experience timelessness. So all those things tend to come into play when you go into a flow state. So hopefully that gives you a good picture of what it is that we're specifically talking about, because I didn't even think that other people had different definitions of it, but I have been looking at it, reading about it. I read that book. I've been yeah. doing stuff for my freelance Super client for a while. Yeah, I had no idea all that existed. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, so there must be some approach, some discipline that you're going to talk about today. I am going to talk a little oh, bit about it. You know, I'm ahead of the, I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> I think you just so know me. do tell. <laughs> so the first thing, <laughs> I think the first thing people might want to know, and I, I guess like when I'm writing this stuff up, I always think about some cynical person going, why is she telling me this? <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I have that in the back of my mind. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it's good. Like, why? Why is it important to get into flow state? Does it really matter? Can you just, can you be an artist and never get into flow state? I'd say probably, yeah. But 
One of the reasons that people talk about flow state so much is because it makes you more efficient. It allows you to increase your abilities and your skills much more readily or much more consistently than if you didn't ever go into flow state. So we can talk about all the reasons why. Why would you think, Brett, Mm -hmm. why would you Uh think flow state is important? I'll put you on the spot, man. Okay. I have an answer for that. For me, it's like I get out of my own way. Yeah. When I'm in what I, I guess now I realize it's flow state. It's when I get into what I'm doing, headphones are on. I just transport myself into whatever I'm doing to a degree that I don't want any interruptions and I need complete isolation. I need to have an environment that I know I'm not going to have an interruption, which is a hard thing to get, especially with like the phone alerts going off. And But I do have my blocks of time where that happens. Yeah. And it may not come right away, but when I sit there and I, I look at the task at hand, like I'm talking about my professional work, but in my personal work, I do the same thing. Yeah, but it is There's a, a slightly different pressure to it because in my professional work, you know, I have deadlines and expectations on me that are a certain really push motivation. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I get past that. And then it becomes a different kind of, would you call it like an intrinsic motivation? Once I really enjoy what I'm yeah. doing, that's the best part because it doesn't feel like work anymore. Yeah, Though, right. you know, I'm getting paid, so I have to keep that a big secret because I'm not actually <laughs> working. A big secret from your, yeah. from your consciousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really uh, enjoying that process. One of the key things about getting into flow state when we talk about how to do it is that you enjoy it. And that you're accomplishing something that means something to you. And it doesn't have to mean a lot. It doesn't have to be a big It's so pleasurable. How could it not mean something to you? Well, like what kind of flow states don't include art? Like I love to weed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really weird. But pulling weeds, really? I, pulling weeds, man. It's so zen and you can totally get into it. And it's kind, it kind of borders on the doing nothing thing because my brain doesn't have to be overly engaged in it, but it's very satisfying. Hmm. And I can figure, you know, I can stop and figure out why is this weed like so difficult? <laughs> what tool am I going to use and hmm. to get it out? And it's not a high level accomplishment, but it's very satisfying. So that's, I think, what you're after is that it's very satisfying. So you can get into flow states that don't have to do with art. You can get to flow states in all kinds of things. It's very important in business. They try to get people to achieve flow state because it's the most efficient way to work. But again, you know, it it depends on whether they enjoy the work. Literally, the parameters for getting into flow state could be done with anything. So, But let's first talk about the why. Flow state, for one, it makes you happy and it leaves you with a sense of fulfillment. And who doesn't want to be happy? So if you can achieve happiness and satisfaction and something that is controllable for you, why wouldn't you do it, right? It also reduces stress. It pushes your worries and your anxiety away because there's no room for anything else except for the task at hand when you're in the flow state. So it is a stress reducer. That's always useful this day and age. It can also help you regulate emotions as flow dials down your emotional turmoil. It puts it into a kind of a calmer, more stable state. Uh, It also helps to feed motivation because flow is something that we look forward to, right? You like getting into the zone. You like being like everything's coming together, right? Especially if we know how to get into it and we don't have to just be like, oh, it's like some days I'm good with it and some days I'm not. And I'll talk to you about how you can get into it. So you look forward to it if you can actually make it happen. Uh, Flow means complete focus, which increases your performance in a task, which means you have more efficient work. And more efficient work, of course, means that you can get more done. 
Most of us would like to get more done in the time that we have, so that's useful as well. And since a big part of getting into flow is being challenged, achieving flow means you must push your skills and ideas to keep engaged. And as you push your abilities and hone your eye or whatnot, you improve. Really hardly even knowing that that's what's going on because the enjoyment makes it feel effortless. And then it can inspire and improve your creativity, partly in pursuit of that sense of enjoyment. Like, you know, most of us like to let our imagination run wild, right? But it also, um, it improves access to your imagination simply because you are doing it so much and so readily. And then also once you're in the state, you don't need to get motivated or keep yourself motivated. You're just are motivated as a result of the enjoyment and because you're being challenged and achieving results and that sense of accomplishment keeps pushing you to keep working. I think you also get less judgy of yourself. Flow has been found to cause a decrease in activity of the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is essentially the higher cognition functions, including self-consciousness. So that means you're less self-conscious, you're less judgy. You can set that editor or that, that critic aside and just do the work. So those are There's probably a few more reasons. I feel like I'm forgetting something on that list. My question for you is, do skills come into play with how readily you can get into a flow state? Yes, that's part of the the dynamic of how flow works. Like I I think of the, I play the piano a little bit. And, you know, if my fingers didn't know where to go, if I didn't know certain basic skills of playing, then it would be really hard to get into flow state. Right. So knowing what I know, I can do that because I know just enough right, right. to create music that way. Yeah, yeah. So that leads directly into the conversation about how do you find flow? Where is that? It's a convergence of all of those circumstances coming together, I think, in a moment. Well, um, it is. Like, so... you know, certain skills, certain passions. And then when I reach my limit, and you talked about challenge— where things become a little bit harder, it can throw me out of the flow where I start to experience some anxiety or right. some frustration. Right. But uh, so when I hit that now, in a, in a way, after our conversation, I'm realizing when I get a little anxious, I realize I'm probably at the peak of my skills. Uh, of the challenge. Of yeah. the challenge. And if it's over my my skill set at the moment, then maybe I kind of backwind and, and get back into a flow state and push yeah. myself uh, to learn those things uh, maybe down the line. No, yeah. So we can talk about the things that we were learning this morning about the overlap of two primary things that get you into flow, which is that you need to be challenged and you need to have a skill set that can meet that challenge. So the challenge aspect is that whatever you're doing should not be so challenging as to be frustrating but not have enough challenge that you're not bored. So on the, like he did a chart where the vertical line was how much you were challenged and the horizontal line was how your skill set. So if the challenge is low and it requires pretty minimal skills, you're just going to be bored. That's not interesting. It's not challenging. It doesn't push you. So yes, when it's low challenge and requires low skills, you tend to be bored because we don't feel achievement unless we are challenged. You don't feel like you achieved something. If it was something easy to do, like I can walk down the street. You're not like, woo, look at me. You know, <laughs> it, there's no satisfaction. It in- depends on how you walk down the street. But well, true. <laughs> there are ways to do it, which which could be like could be very, pretty much of an accomplishment. Very challenging. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like on 
on one foot, for instance, you could be hopping. That's downstream. not walking then anymore. Yeah, it's not really that's, walking. That's hopping. That's hopping. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay, rewind. Back to the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> so if the challenge is very high, but you don't have the skills for it, so your skill level is low for that particular challenge, you're just going to get frustrated. You're not going to want to do it. So you can't get into flow. You can't get into it. You're just like, ah, this is, you end up with anxiety is what was on the chart at the top of that vertical line when it was all the way, well, the skills were all the way over on the left side of the horizontal line. And then if your skill level is very high, but the challenge is low, it isn't interesting. It isn't something you're like, I have these skills. Like if you are a talented painter and somebody wants you to paint an apple in a realistic way, you're like, you know how many times I've done an apple <laughs> in school or whatever? You're like, this is not a challenge. You want to do something different. You want to do something different. Something you, interesting. You want to do like uh, dragon fruit. <laughs> and then there's some challenges because they got all those weird little pieces on them. An apple with a bite out of it. Now that, that's I think it's a little bit do. more interesting. But, but yeah, you want the skill level that you have to be met by a challenge that is high enough to challenge your skill level. To make it interesting for you too. So whatever you're doing in order to get into flow, it needs to engage you. And that requires challenge and requires skills that can meet the challenge, but maybe not be... So not too challenging, for instance. Not too challenging. And you don't necessarily want to have a skill level that goes above and beyond what the challenge presents, because then it's not challenging. And the the cool thing about that is that if you go into flow, you are, from everything that I've read, and I can't remember if anyone actually said this straight up, but if you are going into flow, you are actually increasing your skill levels incrementally, maybe small increments, but you're going into this practice of challenging yourself, you're going to hone your skills. It may be just polishing them up a little bit because you've been doing this for 30 years, but it's still pushing your skills. So flow is not just about enjoyment and productivity. It's also about this is how you become better at what you do, right? Let's talk about when to achieve flow because I want it to be clear that although it'd be really cool if every time you sat down at the studio table or the easel or pulled out the camera or whatever it is that you got into flow, you don't need to do it all the time and you're not going to do it all the time. However, I think most people talk about flow in terms of, like I was saying, a magical moment that only happens every once in a while. And it really should happen on a more regular basis, if at all possible. So when you get into flow is kind of up to you. And whenever you're creating, you can try to make that an objective. If a flow state is at all possible, you should try to get into it. It's not always possible, though, and you can't expect to always be in the flow state when working on your artwork. There's too many like bits of busy work that we tend to have or business that needs to be attended to. But you want to make space for sessions where you can attempt to achieve flow state. And after practicing this for a while, you probably would be able to. But you do need to make the space for it, like I was talking about in the last episode, making space for those things that you need. So do all your business stuff, for instance, in one portion of your day or just one day in which you do it. And do the busy work like sanding beads or stretching canvases or framing your artwork. Do those all in one section of your day or one day that you just spend your time on that. Unless you really like doing those things, in which case maybe you will get into a flow state because maybe there is enough of a challenge and enough enjoyment to make it something that you get into flow state with. That's true. Right? Yeah. But if the activities aren't the kind of thing that benefit from and allow for flow state, then 
just don't worry about the fact that you're not able to get into flow state during those kinds of things. Just get them done and do what you need to get done and get on to the things that you can do and that benefit from a flow state. In my research about this, there actually were some suggestions that most things that you do could create a flow state. But I think if you have an expectation that everything you do should result in a flow state, you could get disappointed and stressed or frustrated by that kind of expectation. However, I think when you're designing your work, when you're in the act of actual creation or making decisions on design and composition, the fleshing out of your ideas, when you're doing that, I think flow is really the optimal thing that you want to be, the optimal state that you want to be in, because it offers you those enhanced skills and efficiency and a satisfying use of your time. So as to when you want to be in the flow state, ideally when you're in the most creative modes of your process. And if you can get into more than then, that's great because it has so many benefits. Brett, you really get into your work. You really get lost in your work. So, and I like, yeah. you know, I admire that. I think it's great that you do. You have such a intensity in what you do. Well, my professional work, the deadline has plays into that too, because when I know something's due tomorrow, I would just put everything aside. Right. And nothing in my brain is permitted in except that and because the pressure's on, you know. And that's an interesting thought because it's not on my list. It is. We're going to start talking about how to achieve flow, but having <laughs> having a deadline actually is probably one of those ways because you can't let anything else distract you. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so important. Nothing else is more important. And it probably would help you focus it for does sure. Help. Yeah. It does yeah. Help. You know, so we'll add that to the list before I even give you a list. <laughs> so, <laughs> in any case, let's talk about how to achieve flow. You know, if you have the tools to achieve flow, you'll be able to get into it. You know, even on those days you feel like you're not really into it, you could probably actually do it if you can go through a few of these ideas that we'll give you. So First of all, everyone has different triggers and various activities that they enjoy doing that will get them into flow. So you're really going to have to determine what it is that you need to do and what kind of processes you go through that will help you get into it. So you can use these as guidelines as to kind of the things that you could attempt to help get you into flow. For one, know what you're trying to achieve. You don't want a goal that's like trying to achieve perfection, but you want an attainable goal for the kind of work that's to be done with an expected output. So you could want to complete the underpainting for a new painting project. You could want to get the face sculpted on a new figure. You could craft a half dozen sets of parts for your latest earring design. And those are your goals. You don't want to have these high expectations of yourself. You just want to have attainable reasonable goals. Yeah, we all want it to be great. You know, it can never match the expectations of what we dream it could be. So but it just set needs that to be, aside exactly. when you're trying to just yeah. get the work done. You just do stuff and yeah. then it's done. And then you can look back in a week and see, oh, was that something that really worked? And then you could go through some self-critique and that kind of yeah. thing. Perfection or the ideas of what other people are doing online and you're trying to like, you know, do what they do or top them or whatever. Just set that stuff aside. Just set yourself some attainable goals. And then the other thing, and this is huge and difficult. You want to know what it is? You really baited me with that one. I'm <laughs> like, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> it is eliminating distractions. Oh, and yeah. That's big. The for reason me. this is so big is because we have so many distractions. And I'm not just talking about the notifications on the phone, which are big, but honestly, our world 
is designed to pull and keep our attention. So the powers that be have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to sell us something or get us to give them money so that we can have those distractions at our beck and call all the time, like streaming services or certain apps on our phone, games and whatnot. They're all thieves. They're thieves. They're thieves of our time. Stealing. Yeah, exactly. They want to sell us stuff. And then we want a lot of those things. That's the irony. Oh, wow. A more convenient. They they make us want those things. They make us think that we need something that we don't. Yes, exactly. That's the whole skill. Yeah, there's all these things that are trying to get us to give them money or to buy things. And on top of that, our society actually pushes the idea that we're missing out on things. It's also usually part of a selling process. Missing is the, is the mm-hmm. key word. Like so, we're always missing something and right? they're always looking to fill that need. But right? come on, there's so, no replacing a lot of things. Well, there's no replacing getting into, into flow. flow state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no <laughs> one can sell you that. getting into flow. So yeah, we're always told like, if you don't have this gadget or you're not part of this experience that you're missing out. So that, I mean, we actually have a term for it. We have FOMO. Fear of missing out. It's actually like a state that most everybody seems to get into it. So really, all you need is this podcast. Listen to it over and over and over again. And just send $10 million to this address (laughs) and we're all good. And this is why I have a hard time really pushing and marketing this show because I don't want to push these things on people. And And you generally want to like inform and, and create a community. I get that. And I feel like if somebody listens to an episode or two and goes, oh my gosh, this is speaking to me. This is saying something for me. Then they'll, you know, but everybody and everything is vying for your attention. And that is extremely distracting. So we've got, you know, these things constantly going off and we've got this fear of missing out at the back of our mind. And this stuff can really keep us from getting focused. We seem to think we can be momentarily interrupted and that's okay. And it started out, I think, with the whole multitasking thing. I don't know, when did it start, like in the 80s or whatever, with this idea that we think we can do more than one thing at a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it has been proven that we literally can't run two or three or four different things at the same time. The studies have found that your brain will focus on one with the other one kind of hovering in the background and then switch and then focus on the other with the other one hovering in the background. One thing at a time. But your brain isn't actually processing two different things at the same time. But what happens, and it's kind of like driving a car, if you are going down the street and then you have to turn, you have to brake and then you take the turn And then you have to give it more gas to get back up to speed again. But when you're just rolling straight down the road, the car is not using up more energy to go straight. It's just inertia and needs some gas to keep going, (laughs) but not nearly as much as it is to get up to speed. So once you're up to speed, you can keep at that speed and the forward momentum makes it pretty effortless. But when your brain is switching gears all the time, like making turns all the time, like going through a maze, it's constantly braking and then trying to get back up to speed, and then braking and trying to get back up to speed, which makes it very inefficient. Like you can't go through a maze at the same speed as going down a straight road. But yeah, so studies have proven that you can't write an email and listen to the news at the same time or sketch an idea and talk on the phone at the same time. You'll just go back and forth and sometimes rather quickly. And that's where it becomes like more like driving through a maze. And you can never really get up to speed on any one task because you keep having to slow down and change direction. And there's been some studies that actually estimated that we lose up to as much as 40% of our work time Dang. by trying to multitask. Isn't that crazy? 40%. I thought it was more like 30%, but 40%. <laughs> 30%. <laughs> I thought it was like 39. 
it was 38.2 percent yeah but but it's, our it's work time up. and the quality of our work by multitasking just goes down to yeah, absolutely and so that's what is going on with your brain so multitasking hiccups and stops mm-hmm, exactly it becomes extremely inefficient um, but for some reason we think we can so when you have all these distractions like people are like oh i'll just keep on my Email notifications. By the way, I do not have email notifications for anything because I get so many emails. But what if they're really important? What? Right. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm going miss, to miss out on them. Yeah. I check my emails usually in the morning, sometimes at night, and then that's it. So the only thing I have on is my text messages and my Facebook messages. But if I'm doing something important, like right now, I don't even know where my phone is right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I turn things off when I'm doing things like this, when I'm in the middle of writing, you know, things like that. There's nothing that usually that is going to not just be there waiting for you when you're done doing what you're doing. So if you can turn off notifications, that is ideal. I just had a, a notification turned on for this new app that I joined. They, Whoever helped me specifically recognize that chime is to Discord. So I was like, just turn it off. And we just went into the notifications. But how was I supposed to know it was from Discord? Well, everything no wants way. to be able to give you notices. Even a website says, can we give you notices? And you're like, no, <laughs> I'm just coming here for a second. Or every app on your phone has a notices. Uh, Why sure would everything off. have to give me notices? Because no everything wants your attention these days. Attention is money. Oh, well, attention is money, but it's also our creativity and our time and our sanity. That's so, the cost of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So in any case... Just like turn off the notices and just I can hear all the. I know. Wait, I know you're in a pause state. Yeah. You're not in. <laughs> I'm in a pause you're state. You're in a pause state. You're not in a pause <laughs> state. That happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> ah, hilarious. So these distractions, because not only is it shifting gears and everything, but it can result in something they call attention residue, which means that if you're shifting tasks, some of your attention is left behind on the previous task. So it's floating around. That task is floating around the back of your mind, keeping you from fully focusing. And if that's the case, you can't get into flow until your focus is fully on your task and you don't have all these residual things. So if you want to get into flow state, if you've made space for a session in your studio or wherever it is that you do your creative work, try to eliminate anything that's going to interrupt your focus. Okay, so remove the distractions. And we talked a lot about the phone and notifications from various things, but also distractions like tell people in your household, you know, I'm going to be working when my door is closed, I am working or, you know, from this time to this time, I am working. So you have to have boundaries and and have that time respected. Right. Because it's not just like, oh, you're doing willy nilly, like I can interrupt you anytime. It's like, no, it's a state of mind that it has a lot of value. Yeah, it's important to you and you make the people in your household or the people that call you all the time. Respect it. And if they don't respect it, kick them out. That's, that's what I <laughs> I'm say. I'm done with you. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but no. <laughs> no, I'm serious, actually. But, yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a discussion with people in the house or whoever it is that might interrupt you. I'm or... going to get into flow state, everybody, so leave me alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries is the thing that we're after. Yeah. With this kind of thing. And when you want to please people and provide for people, that's a hard thing to say them. no to. It, it, is. Is. it is. It is. But respect yourself. And again, the last episode, making space for yourself, making space to take care of the things that you need to take care of is very important. And if you do that and you discuss that with the people that are in your household or whoever might interrupt you, then you're not going to worry someone's going to need you 
because there's an understanding so you can get into flow state because you don't have to worry about all those other things outside your studio door. So we spent a lot of time on distractions, but it is very important to get rid of the distractions and anything that will interrupt you. Okay, so then to achieve flow state, like we keep talking about having a challenge, you want to consider your element of challenge. Csikszentmihalyi says flow also happens when a person's skills are fully involved in overcoming a challenge that is just about manageable. So it acts as a magnet for learning new skills and increasing challenges. And if the challenges are too low, one gets back to flow by increasing them. If challenges are too great, one can return to flow state by learning new skills. Okay, so then you want to mediate your challenges. You want to judge them. So like he was just saying, if you're doing something and you're getting frustrated, the challenge is probably too great. And if you're bored, you probably need to throw in a little bit more, you know, judge if you're being challenged, but not overly much, right? Then another thing you can do is choose a pursuit that you enjoy, (laughs) which seems like really like, duh. Obvious, yeah. But if you're saying, I want to get into flow state by sanding beads. Now, in the polymer clay world, most people hate sanding beads. So there's a good chance you're not going to get into flow state by sanding your beads unless you add something to it. So that's maybe not the most creative part of your process. So you might not think, oh, I want to be in flow state while I'm sanding beads, although you can. And I used to do that by putting on an audiobook or, you know, a podcast maybe, <laughs> or something that engages your mind. It's kind of a mindless task. And when you, it's when a mindless you have that task. kind of thing, it can really relax you in a way too. It can. It can be like very relaxing. Up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can add something to it to really get you into it by making the whole experience interesting, which is where audiobooks or podcasts or something that engages you can actually come Good into music, play. Yeah. Well, music isn't necessarily going to challenge you. Unless you're a musician, you're trying to figure out how they did that chord or whatever. But you want. Oh, I see mentally. Yeah, mentally. Like like we ended up having this long discussion after the videos that we were watching about whether you can get into flow state watching TV shows. Because he mentioned something about seven to eight percent of the time that you watch TV or movies that you get into flow during parts of things. Yeah. And like, well, what does that look like? And then we started talking about the different shows that you get into that when it's over, you're like blinking like. Yeah, like what what just happened? You lose yourself in a good show. But it puts into question like, why is that flow? Well, it's got to challenge you and it's got to be a skill set. So you're not doing something, but you're watching a show. So how does it get into flow? Where does the challenge and the skill come in? Well, it comes in because when you're watching something for which you are getting questions like, you know, who killed so-and-so or why is that person doing what they're doing or what are they going to do next or how are they going to get so-and-so to fall in love with them? And we're questioning and we're trying to figure things out. So we actually are challenged by the things that are presented to us. And we are engaged by our skill level of, can I figure those things out? You are challenged by what's in the show and and your skill level is what kind of thing that you like to be challenged by mentally. So you can actually get into flow by watching a show, even though it's a bit more passive, but it has to get to that point where your mind is actually engaged in deduction and problem solving. So I just kind of interesting side thing, but we were talking about choosing something that you enjoy. So we enjoy shows, we enjoy movies, we enjoy our artwork. I enjoy weeding for some reason. You may enjoy like cleaning or whatnot, and you can get into flow state through those things as well. And then kind of like the last thing that you can do to help you get into flow is actually a matter of practice before the times that you're actually in those sessions. 
So you can actually do a number of things that can help you get into that mindset. And they're things like doing nothing, (laughs) which I bring up episode 20 a lot, which is the necessity of doing nothing. But it's really important if you haven't listened to it, I really encourage you to do so. But doing nothing can help you get into a flow state more readily because it gets your brain more accustomed to the state of internal stimulus versus external stimulus. So when you're doing nothing, like when you're in the shower, we talk about this in that episode, you can really brainstorm. You know how to shower, you know how to wash your hair and stuff. So your brain doesn't have anything else to do. So it goes wandering off and does its own thing. And during those kinds of internal, I think they call them dissociated states, your brain can actually access your unconsciousness and use the information It's not exactly flow, but it is similar in that you are looking internally for your motivation and for the information that you need versus you're on your phone looking at TikTok or on the computer or on your your TV watching Netflix. You sort of put yourself in a receptive mode. Receptive internally. It's also related to meditating or practicing mindfulness, which is something else that you can do if that's something that you're comfortable with and that works for you. I've seen that recommended a number of times that you want to practice mindfulness because it puts you in a present state, which is very much what flow does in the first place. And meditation, of course, which quiets your mind and should push worries and day-to-day thoughts aside. So these types of practices can attune your brain to a similar type of altered consciousness. And then just doing Zen things that aren't art. So essentially trying to get into flow state and other things that aren't necessarily necessarily your artistic endeavors. So like like I said, I love weeding <laughs> and I can get into a flow state with that. Or some people like to clean or hike or do yoga. And these things can get your brain into the habit of kind of zoning out. Instead of being in the zone, you're zoning out. It's kind of related, mm-hmm. right? It is. But it's without the pressures that you might put on yourself when you're creating artwork. Like you tend to be like, I want to make a great piece or I need to make hundred pieces before the show next week. But if you do more of those kinds of things, spend time doing nothing, meditate, practice mindfulness, or work on getting into the zone in other areas when you get into your creative work and you want your session to allow you to get into flow. You've been doing this in other areas and it's a lot easier for you to fall into it simply because you basically practice it. Okay, so What if, regardless of me telling you (laughs) these things that you can do, you still have a hard time getting into flow? Well, becoming familiar with what flow state is and how to achieve it, first of all, that'll help you realize when you're not being challenged, when you're not in flow, when you're overly distracted or when you're being frustrated. We say things like, we just can't get into that today or we feel helpless to do anything about the state of not being in flow, even when we want to. But recognize that you're not in a flow state and know how to assess the situation. I think it comes down to four questions. You can ask yourself, am I bored? In which case, you know you need to challenge yourself more. Or Mm. is this frustratingly too difficult? Or am I distracted by outside stimuli? Or am I distracted by internal thoughts and emotions? So once you've identified what it is that's getting in the way, you can hopefully address the issue. So if the work is boring, take it up a notch. Try a new technique or a new subject or a new form or a new approach. If it's boring, but it has to be done, like we're talking about the sanding of the beads, you can engage your mind in another way by, like I said, listening to podcasts or audiobooks 
until you can get back to those more engrossing creative aspects of your process. If the work is frustrating and you don't want to do it, if it's too hard (laughs) and that's not letting you get into the zone, take things down a notch. Maybe you're not ready to do those particular things that you're trying to do, or maybe you need to ask for help. So kind of like ask yourself if you need to be doing this frustrating aspect of your work, is there a simpler approach to it? Or can you enlist someone else to do the more difficult parts if it's something that's not absolutely a necessary part of your creative process? So And then if you're distracted by outside stimuli, we talked about this, turn off your phone, turn off your computer, close the door, ask not to be disturbed. You can put on headphones and I would say supportive music. So music that has the same kind of energy that you need. So if you want it to be like calm and relaxing, put on calm and relaxing music. If you need the energy because the type of work or the painting or the sculpting or whatever you're doing feels very energetic. But yeah, headphones can be helpful as a way to get rid of outside stimuli. If it's internal thoughts and emotions, you know, a lot of times we have things going on in our life that we just can't stop thinking about, and that will keep you from getting into flow. So if there's anything that you can do in that moment to resolve those feelings or set aside those internal thoughts, consider what it is you can do. Like, can you take care of whatever is worrying you now by completing this dreaded task that you keep thinking, oh, I've I've got to. When I have more abstract things going on, I'll just write. I'll just write it all down. Something's on my mind. It's a good way to to get it out of your system. Yeah, there's something that's bothering you that you can't take care of because like the other person that would have to be part of the conversation isn't available or it's something you simply can't address right now. You can write things down. You can call somebody and talk things through to try to like lessen your worry or we just need to be able to see the solution to not think about it anymore. It was like, oh, if I do X, Y, and Z, then... I'll probably get this taken care of and then we can set it aside and get more focused on mm-hmm. our work, that That's kind of great. thing. So, yeah. But yeah, do whatever you can. If if it is another person, you can talk to them, talk to them because it's going to get in the way of you getting into a flow state if that's what you really want to be doing. So if you can't find an alternative or a resolution for what's keeping you from getting into flow, you can do something else for the time being, maybe something until you can fully focus. Mind you, sometimes the answer is actually to just keep working at what you're doing. And you may find you just need to get into the work and the distractions of things that are, you know, taking up your mind space may actually end up getting pushed into the background. So I would say give yourself like that 15 or 20 minutes at the task to see if it will resolve itself. Just don't give up too soon. And again, if you can't do it all the time, even when you want to, it's okay. The more you do work on getting into flow, the easier it's going to be to do it when you want to. And again, the more often you can, the better, but don't put a lot of pressure on yourself because that in itself could actually be distracting. Makes sense. Right? Yeah, that's a good one. So that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about in terms of flow. Hopefully that made sense in that you can think back about your own experiences in terms of getting lost in your work and just think about how wonderful that felt. And wouldn't it be great if you could just make that happen anytime that you want? And you can. Just keep those things in mind. I will make a short uh, checklist uh, and put that in the next newsletter. So if you want to get a checklist of the things that we just talked about, make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. It just comes out. It's a little short little thing that comes out on Sunday mornings. That's it. I don't use that mailing list for anything else. I absolutely promise. So you can sign up for that on thesagearts.com 
on the front page, you'll, there's a news and notices button. You can also send me comments and stories about your own ways of getting into flow. Maybe some things that you do could be helpful for some of the other listeners. That's always interesting to hear other people's right? perspective. I love hearing other people's yeah. stories. Please send them to me. You can do that by going to sagearts.com and going to the contact page. You can also write me through social media on Instagram and Facebook on the Sage Arts podcast pages. And then if you would do me a favor, if you're listening on a podcast player, go ahead and hit the follow button or the plus sign or whatever it is on the player, the more people that are following puts the podcast up on the search list, which means we could have more people in on this conversation. And I think growing that community could be important for all of us. So that would be wonderful. If you appreciate what I'm doing and you want to give back, you can donate through Buy Me a Coffee or the PayPal donation buttons. I have those on the homepage of the sagearts.com. About halfway down, you'll scroll down and see those. And you can find all of these links, anything that I ever talk about, any kind of link item or reference that I make should be available in the show notes or the description or whatever it is it's called in your podcast players. In any case, Brett, do you have any last words on flow or being distracted or interrupting people? I mean, I mean, <laughs> you mean the way I did all this afternoon? No, uh, I asked you to, that was my fault. Yeah, I mean, that was that's, my was intention. Like, right. <laughs> no, I learned a lot actually sort of putting those thoughts and those ideas together. And that list was really helpful yeah. to me, you know? I mean, it's probably a subject matter that was extremely familiar to you in terms of just knowing what flow is because you get into it all the time. But isn't it interesting to actually be able to like kind of break it down and understand it better him. because once you understand it better, you have more control over it. Like I said, you we have good days, we have bad days, but you can have a lot more good days if you actually know what's going on and you can make an assessment. It's making the the, the unconscious conscious, right, you know, and right. that's that's what I sort of experienced here. And then there's something you can do about it because you are aware that this is a thing that you have some control over. So when I'm having uh, fits of anxiety, when I'm, you know, reaching over my skill set, now I'll know exactly what to do. You'll be like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to get into flow like this, so... Back it up. I was going to paint the Sistine Chapel like Michelangelo, but I decided, wait, maybe I need You're going to do that in our that. ceiling? Yeah, on our ceiling. I, don't know. I, I think had a you whole picture. Still do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'd want me to do that. Uh, well, maybe. I do a certain It'd kind probably of version look like, of it. Like cartoon versions. Yeah, of <laughs> it would be a little on the cartoon side, I guess. Well, in any case, Brett, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Amber, thanks for quietly sleeping there. And all of you out there, See what you can do about getting into that flow. I hope you really enjoy it and feed that muse because it will help you when you're in your flow state because there'll be all kinds of things to feed it. And be true to your weirdness and join us again next time on the Sage Arts Podcast.